What's going on, you sexy lambda, lambda, lambdas? It's your buddy Kevin Goatee here. So guess what? It is time for a new episode. This week, model Amy Taylor joins us to talk about why risky business from 1983 is just as silly as Tom Cruise trying to pretend that he's six feet tall. Joining me on my episode today is a oh, longtime friend, Terry Loda. We're going to figure out if Amy Taylor can successfully take down Rebecca De Mornay, Tom Cruise, and of course, Booger from Revenge of the Nerds saying this is all a bunch of nonsense. Let's find out. Gather around, here's what I know. Caucasian, you know, white guy, mustache about six foot three. That's a pretty big mustache. Terry Loda, <laughs> guest host. I'm pretty sure you know that film. That would be one of the Naked Guns, but I can't remember uh, which one it was. Oh, you got a one in three chance if that is, in fact, the true uh, answer. Uh, 33 and a third. Two and a half. Ah, son of a bitch. Who cares about that? Today, guys, we are joined by, like I had said, guest host Terry Loda and first time to the show, Amy Taylor. Amy, how goes it? What's going on? Good. How are you guys? Magical. What can I say? We're hanging out and all that. Amy has decided to come on and choose a film that 80s babies probably going to have a little bit of a problem with and that of course 1983's risky business a box off sorry a 1983 budget of 6.2 million dollars a box office haul of 63 and a half million dollars now shall we turn that to 2023 money 18.7 million dollar budget in 2023 money and a box office haul of 2023 money of survey says 192.4 million dollars what an roi this film risky business has taz terry loda i have to ask amy what made you choose this film um well the, the rules of the game were that it had to be either like a box office and or critical success. And indeed it was. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then the movie's about sex workers. And so I've been a sex worker. And so I have, I have feelings about it. You have. So it sounds like you've retired from the game. I mean, never say never, but yeah, they kind of, you kind of like eventually want to do other things. So we'll see. Sex so workers have feelings. I'm learning so much today. <laughs> So you pulled old Michael Jordan went from 23 to 45 back to 23 and that's unretired. I mean, if you're still good, you're still good. Right. But uh, no, I mean, well, and it's like fuzzy. Like if you were a sex worker and then you like married a divorce, well, is it that different? I mean, it's kind of just a different version of a similar idea. So um, I think that's, it's like, it's blurry. The sunset of sex workers. I have like, I have thousands of retired 
sex worker friends and the way they retire is like a little blurry, but you kind of, yeah. We, you mean blurry because they're nodding off from a heroin overdose in the buddy ranch? I mean, no, <laughs> I mean, I don't Thankfully. know that. And I don't know anybody at the buddy Lamar ranch. Lamar Odom. That's how he got, went out for a minute. Uh, I mean, that whole world of like wilder stuff. I don't know anything about, Right. but no judgment. It's like a different kind of thing. But, um, I mean, the people I knew weren't even like Lana in this movie. Like, they didn't even have like management. Like, I don't even know anybody like that. Manager. Yeah, I like to see what it, I like to see. Like, you know how pilots have to retire at sixty-five? There's no one out there going to sex workers. Like, you know what? Time to hang up that uh, that corset because uh, that sun is set. This is one of the most expensive and successful ones I know. Who just died last year was sixty-four. Mm-hmm. Um, captivating Corey. She was stunning. And she was an actual sex, sexual expert and men loved her. And she was busy. Uh, she had a sudden heart attack, which is a real shame, but she was legendary and she was old. She was not young. Um, and also pilots only retire from class one at 65. I'm a pilot too. I was going to say, did you bang enough pilots that you know that? I am a pilot. Pilot too? You fly uh, your own? Um, yeah, I've taught and I've flown cargo and charter and I have had the ma- joined the Milehead Club, but not when I was flying because that's not safe. But I, I, asked, I flew for an owner who wanted me to go in back and like fly and like set the autopilot like, fuck no, I'm not going to do that. But he wanted me to. No. I mean, didn't he see airplane where he was just getting the, 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 the road head and he smoked a cigarette and the, the dummy? <laughs> I, it happens. It happens. <laughs> Magical, but listen, we'll we'll get into some of those tales of lord and nonsense and shenanigans and debauchery later. Risky business, Terry Loto. What do you actually? Let's go. I'm sorry, I go to my guest first, Amy. What do you think that risky business scored on the old IMDb? IMDb, IMDb one through ten with decimal decimal points. What do you think risky business scored? Eight point two. Terry Loto, what's your guess? Go a little bit lower, maybe like 7.6. I wish this number was one-tenth higher. It's 6.8. Critics, Rotten Tomatoes score is a 1 through 100 score. Terry Loto, I go to you first. Now, what did the critics give Risky Business? Let's go. Let's go around the same... Same thing. Let's go 75. 75. Amy Taylor, what do you have? Well, now I'm going to go lower. 70. 92. Can't win. <laughs> Shocker. Well, Amy, back to you. What did the audience give Risky Business? One to 100. I'm going to say the audience was a little lower than the critics. 85. Terry. Go a little bit lower. 80. 73. That's shocking. I am floored that the critics love this a lot more than the audience did. And you two just Makes don't sense. give a shit. You two just don't give a shit by your no, silence. Okay, okay. Like, <laughs> it's like dark and creative and it's the cinematography and the soundtrack that they fell in love with. Like every music All right, video right, hey, 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 we'll get there, we'll get there, we'll get there, we'll get there. That's your points. You say that for your points. Uh, quotes, sometimes you just gotta say, what the fuck? Make your, move, make your move, Joel, every now and then, saying what the fuck brings freedom. Freedom brings opportunity. Opportunity makes your future. So your parents are going out of town. You got the place all to yourself. What the fuck? Joel, get off the babysitter. I cracked up at that one. <laughs> How's it looking? Looking like University of Illinois. <laughs> I have a trig final tomorrow and I'm being chased by Guido the Pimp. 
Those are the quotes that stood out to me. Amy, how about you? Um, I mean, I like when she says, go to school, Joel, learn something. Right. It's so dismissive, right? When he's worried about leaving her in his house and she says, learn something. And of course, it's so nuanced because of what happens to his home and his life after that. That right. she knows, but he doesn't know yet. Terry Loda, any quotes jump out at you? Uh, you know, it, it was really offensive when he got pretty vulgar on the phone with the, uh, Mr. Guido when he called him Buster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's going to get your furniture back like yelling at a pimp and calling him Buster. That really. The only thing missing was him saying, like, I'm going to box your ears, Buster, like my grandmother would say. Buster. <laughs> Five fun facts. At one point, the movie was titled White Boys Off the Lake. I'm pausing for effect. This sounds like a uh, a, ch a chat, a chat and Cameron kind of porno film. I thought it was off the light. No, it's off the lake. Yeah. White Boys Off the Lake. I mean, the lake is a is an important event in the movie. You're absolutely right. Hey, here's a surprise. Bronson Pinchot, or as I'm going to call him for the rest of this conversation, Balky. <laughs> said that working with Tom Cruise was, quote, weird and called Cruise, quote, the biggest bore on the face of the earth. I would like to know what Balky's thoughts were on the guy who played Cousin Larry from Perfect Strangers, now that we're at it. No one under 25 is going to have a clue what the hell we're talking about right now. And I don't give a shit because this is funny. It was actually weird to hear him speak in a normal speaking voice. Right. I don't, I don't even yeah. recognize him comes out of him. Right. Yeah, the, only, the, o the only other movie for him, not two movies that I know of, of course, the obvious uh, True Romance, which is excellent, and Second Sight with John Larroquette. <laughs> Down that rabbit hole, no thanks. Number three, as much as we can't imagine anyone than Tom Cruise playing Joel Goodson, a number of big actors auditioned for this role. One, two, three, four, five. Five of them. Can you guys give me a few guesses who you think auditioned for this? They're all a, they're all huge A-listers in the 80s, 90s, and even to a degree. Yeah, even some one of them now. But 80s and 90s, these guys were top of the list. Me? Both of you guys. Yep, both of you. I'm going to say Sean Penn. That's one. Ooh, that's good. How about Nick Cage? I feel like that's two. <laughs> I mean, Dustin Hoffman, because it's right around the graduate time, right? Or no? No, graduate is the seventies. No, this is a little. Oh. He's a little. Yeah, he was too. He was too busy getting fitted for women's clothing for Tootsie, I believe. God. <laughs> Who else? Eighties? I don't know. Tom Hanks? No. Cummings, what? as in Alan Cummings, the gay Broadway English guy. <laughs> oh, I would like to see that movie. <laughs> um, who else is big in the? I don't know who else. Terry, you got another guess, or you're gonna throw in the towel? I'm gonna throw in the towel. Unless I was gonna say, uh, I, I want to say Ferris Bueller, and I'm not. I'm thinking fucking uh, Broadway. No, not on that list. Ready for this? Michael J. Fox, John Cusack. And coked out bachelor party himself, Tom Hanks. Hey, that's what she said when you thought she said Alan Cummings. But I wanted, I like the Alan Cummings answer. <laughs> I do too. She says, wait, Nathan Lane, what about him? He didn't throw his hat in the ring either. <laughs> Sir Ian McKellen, no? All right. Number four, after the release of Risky Business, Wayfarer, the sunglasses he was wearing, sales rocketed by some 2,000%. 
Yep. The end of that movie when he puts him on, that was him. For, there's like a bit of a Mandela effect because you think when he does the, the famous dance in his underpants and he's actually not wearing them. And I think of him as having danced in them, but it's not true. Right. right. I, I'm with you on that. By the way, I wonder how much uh, sales for sunglasses that Tom Cruise wore in Mission Possible to the Oakleys because I bought a pair. So that means that they go up 1%. Because of, you bought it because of him? No, I like it because of their cool sunglasses. Solid. I agree. I, I don't know why I always pictured. I, I thought he wore them in the dance scene, too. And I, I think I was just thinking about the Saved by the Bell episode where they're all dancing with those on. So yeah. it just confused it, too. <laughs> I couldn't tell you any specific Saved by the Bell episode ex for, except for when Jesse Spano pops speed. <laughs> why is it's not supposed to be funny and it's funny. I'm so scared. I know why she's funny because she's a terrible actress. And if you don't believe me, go watch Showgirls because that's a right. Showgirls is my Citizen Kane. <laughs> what? So when he says Rosebud and you watch uh, Showgirls, that Rosebud is a lot different. Thank you. I will take my. I will take. A, I will take a Wooler and sip my Japanese whiskey. Thank you. Mm. Ooh, nice drink. Thank you. It sure is. Got in these. Koma Chikagi. My Gatorade. Number five. I don't want to even pretend to waste time, but Diane Lane was offered the role of Lana, but her dad did not want her to play a hooker. Now it sounds like Diane Lane had one type of parents, and Jodie Foster and Brooke Shields had two different types of parents because Jodie's parents let her play a twelve-year-old hooker and taxi driver, and let Brooke <laughs> Shields get naked in Bulagoon at fifteen. Megan Mullally was one of the hookers that Lana she was. Played. You know I what? Know which one she was, right? I, I was just going to ask, who was she? I was too lazy to look that up. One of them. Was she the one in the in the van at the end trying to auction off? She the wasn't. Furniture? She wasn't Jackie. We know that one, the first one. <laughs> I'll talk about that in a minute. All right, that's five fun mm -hmm. facts. Let's get right over to where the fans want to jump in on the action. Of course, that being, ask a gutter. Right to the top, Mike Price in L.A., my favorite Simpsons writer. What should Tom Cruise's punishment be for single-handedly extending Bob Seger's career? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, that's that poor song. I mean, I like, he's supposed to be a dork in the beginning, so he does what dorks do when they're home alone, right? He cooks a TV dinner and he dances around naked and we're supposed to see the evolution of a dork into like what he becomes at the end with the wayfarers. And he is an actual pimp and <laughs> he's, it's not great that we glorified it. Hence my opinion of the movie, but like we're supposed to see him be dorky. So it's good right. that it's kind of a dorky song, like Tanger as opposed to Tangerine dreams, original soundtrack for this movie, which is still one of the sexiest pieces of music I've ever heard. I mean, I think, I have, notes. I have notes on that. And I agree with you. Yeah. I, I have it on my, I have it on my phone long before this film. So we're, right. uh, we're in lockstep no. together. He could, uh, he could get, I don't know. He's doing Scientology. I'm not going to talk anything bad about Tom Cruise. He scares oh, me. Oh, that's Scientology scares long over. This is not 2002 anymore. Don't worry, Amy. We're <laughs> safe. We're <laughs> safe. Knocking on the door. Yeah. Right? Uh, what was I going to say? I had an, I had something to add on. Oh yeah. The, the Bob C. Yeah. Am I the only one who's still doing the parody? I love that old cock in my hole instead of old time <laughs> rock and roll. I was oh, almost a spit take out of Amy. Look at that. I mean, I feel like that's just you. I hadn't heard that. Is that a thing? It was when you were at board while working, uh, while you were working restaurant jobs, you'd sing songs and <laughs> make your own words up as we did. I missed out. I never heard 
<laughs> Next one at Lord Snurts. Never seen the movie, but I know the iconic scene. Well, way to go on a limb there, Lord Snurts. He's reading the summary. This seems like a Ferris Bueller's Day Off prequel with hookers and pot. How far off is my assumption? Parentheses. It's a busy work day, so just the basic question this time around. Your assumption. I'm going to answer for her. Sorry, but it's right on. Pretty much hookers and pot. It's uh nothing much after that. Who knows? At Wicked Awesome, Matt3571, sometimes you just got to say, what the fuck, and become a Scientologist. Do you? <laughs> I mean, Katie Holmes said no, and look what that got her. Off-Broadway plays. That's what got her there. I mean, don't mess with the Sea Org. <laughs> At Newark Night, Brandon Oglesby, is the dance scene where he's sliding around wearing a white T-shirt and sunglasses still an iconic scene, or is it overrated? Um, I say it's overrated. Amy, how about you? I'm not the right audience for that, being it's a young, skinny, in shape Tom Cruise. I don't know. Maybe I am into this. Meow. But go ahead. I don't know what she means by overrated. It's supposed to be a dorky kid home alone when his parents first leave. In that same way as like Superbad and um, Girl Next Door. And like, he's not supposed to be cool yet. So I don't know what she means overrated. I mean, he's. He was 21 when they filmed this, but he's supposed to be 19, 17. I thought. So I, thought he was, I thought he was 19 when he filmed it. Yeah, and so they had him eat like a high-fat diet so he didn't have so much muscle, so he looked a little less juggernaut, bleeding man than we all know him. I think, had he already done Willow? But No, he, this is before Willow. This is, Manorex, this, this is Manorexic Tom Cruise, I guess we were talking about, yeah. Right? I mean, I I don't know what she means overrated. Like, it's... it's I think the, the funny thing is to watch it now looking back at what he's become as this like little dork because he's now arguably the most famous actor on the planet, right? So to me, it makes it funnier. And in that sense, not overrated. But if she's talking about like sex appeal, it's not sexy. The dancing's not good. I mean, it, I guess overrated in that quality, those quality parameters. I don't, I don't know what she means. What's uh? It's a he, but okay. Nonetheless, oh, sorry. we're not a, we're not, I guess she's not, you didn't ask his pronouns. Just kidding. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> No, it's, that's 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 poor Brandon. He'll 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 take it up with his uh, his lawyers. And his follow up question is: What is your favorite dance scene from a movie? And please don't copy mine and say when Captain Harris and Lieutenant Proctor dance in the Blue Oyster Bar in Police Academy Four. <laughs> oh, that was going to be mine. Mine is <laughs> mine is Jamie Lee Curtis's um, stripper scene in the hotel. True lies. Her evolution from like nervous housewife into feeling herself and. She was getting older, but she still, Jamie Lee Curtis has one of the best bodies that God ever created. I mean, that perfection movie where she's a gym instructor and it's John Travolta and her, like, it's cheesy, but like her fucking body is something to behold. She was uh, rocking. She was definitely rocking in True Lies, no doubt. She she yeah. would look fantastic. And, I, I'm, and you don't even have to throw in there for the quote, for the other, uh, for an older woman. She looked at that time. I'm like, yeah. Smoke show still can get it would, now. Would. Now, now, <laughs> now, now her, now her and Johnny Knoxville. What's the difference between a pair of uh, D cup tits? That's it. Her, her and Johnny Knoxville could do a side by side. Look the same. Oh yeah. Yes. That's very sad. Even with the black horn rim glasses, I still can't tell them apart except for again, the uh, nice Jamie Lee Curtis boobs. <laughs> Next at Joe Loves Kim, including Tom Cruise from the 80s, is it ever okay for a man to wear tidy whities No. <laughs> I mean, alone, no one sees you and you don't want to fuck. But if you're trying to fuck, like, boxer briefs, please. Yeah. 
I was just going to say, is that another additional 250 they have to pay if they come out in tidy whities I mean, I've seen worse. <laughs> what have you seen that's worse? What if they're stained? <laughs> oh, oh, like, rich guys never have problems with their clothes, but, like, ill-fitting when the there's not a lot of muscle anymore. Oh, a banana hammock when they look about the when they look like uh, Borat's assistant from the film wearing a, a banana hammock. You're not wrong. Thank you. <laughs> and it looks like uh, nope, nope, nope. At Kevin Israel wants to ask, what's more, the more iconic dance: dancing pantless with a button down, or lifting your partner over you over your head when they run at you? I mean, they're both great. They're both they're both great, and that's they're both coming of age movies. And so there's, I mean. It's kind of a similar thing, although obviously one's alone and one's with a partner, but both of them, there's like this loss of innocence and coming of age. I think they're, yeah, they're both great. That, both was, ama- that was amazing how Patrick Swayze picked Jennifer Grip all in one fell swoop and not getting hit by her nose as he picked her up and threw her in the air. Hey, now. Hey. I thought she it parted her hair. Yeah. <laughs> she, she looks like Sam the Eagle from, the Ses- <laughs> from Sesame Street. Don't insult Prominent noses, sir. <laughs> uh, at Rex, uh, I'm sorry, at pedestrian, what makes a man? Joey pants or eyes wide shut? <laughs> it's. You know, I'm, one of the, I'm one of the very few people I like eyes wide shut. I think it is a good film. It gets unjustly shit on. Yeah. Also very sexy. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. How can you? Kubrick is incredibly creative. He's hitting this for me. He's hit, he's hitting this with me. But yeah. that's it. Closing Ask a Gutter. Thanks again for all of your questions. And if you forgot to, if I didn't read it, shame on me. Well, it's hey, listen. Who listens to the ends of podcast? Because the plugs get buried then. So let's do plugs right now. Amy Taylor, what are you up to? Where can we find you? Tell the good world um, what you're doing. All over amytaylor.com and uh, Twitter and Instagram, Amy Taylor NYC, because that's where I live. Um, and I think if you just Google like Amy Taylor modeling, you'll find all the, 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 the pictures and the dumb stuff like Playboys and fitness magazines and nonsense podcasts. Um, so I'm around. I like how you threw dumb stuff with Playboy. Like that back, that, back then it was like the Bible. And it was, and that was that, and that was currency for guys our age was I'll trade you as I'll trade you a tony contain for a I don't know fill in the blank <laughs> for Nicole yeah for, okay, for, you know what real orgies people don't wear masks right anybody who's I've been to a few orgies they don't wear masks nobody wears a mask like eyes wide shut FYI. I bet, no I've been to a, a sex club and I wish people did wear masks because that was horrendous <laughs> it wasn't good no, it was one in the city. I go here. It was one in downtown. I forgot the name. It was funny. I bang on the door and the guy's like, what's the password? I go, uh, boner. And he eh, hits a buzzer. goes, eh, that was funny. <laughs> so, that was password? Yeah, no, it wasn't. That's why I got buzzed. But then, no, the, the, the girl I, I went with had, a, had, a, had the password. So we go in and it was like, it was like, I've never been on a cruise because I have high standards. It was like if people on a cruise ship were naked and oh, no. hanging yeah it was I, we walked in i'm like i am a 15 in this room where I'm normally about an eight but no uh it was it was a mess and of course everyone was hitting on the, the girl i brought is like hey man can i trade to go trade i'm like what kind of car do you drive i need to get that in i need to get a pink slip in there too and a house deed because this is an unfair trade 
but so no she uh she <laughs> would not for a great story yeah right oh and did uh, you like get laid at a, at a orgy that's all awesome. oh, well i well i i just My had choice. her we just banged her it, it was funny the best part was the room we were in it was uh it was those mats like they're like wrestling mats on the ground and like the the mats you had on the walls of your gym at high school in that room. And of course I got like rug burn from that. So I didn't know to throw a towel down. So I had vicious knee scabs. Rug burn was the least of your worries, let's be honest. Oh, no, 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 no. You're right. Cause that's why I had you to do that. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, I, I brought, I go, can I get the Lysol and just threw it on the floor and <laughs> like a roll of paper towel like you're like you like when you unroll a toilet paper real fast and spin it like just a trail comes out that's why i just did that and just scooted it across the floor <laughs> I, uh, I, oh man tell me she pe- tell me t- tell me you peed a little bit on that story <laughs> i might have it's awesome it's so good that cost another 500 guys so pay attention here we go <laughs> Let's uh, let's get to the goods. So amytaylor.com. Terry, what about you? What do you want to plug besides how we'll have lunch sometimes at uh, Jose Tejas? That's all I was about to say. That's the only thing uh, <laughs> relevant to do is we eat at uh, Jose's or First and Ten. So yeah. that's pretty much the yeah. is that you'll find Kevin and I together. Yeah, Terry. Terry's in corporate America as am I, but he's uh, he has to hide his uh, identity. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm in corporate America, but it's no secret. So KevinGoatee.com for all shenanigans and all that stuff. But more importantly, go to Gutting the Sacred Cow on all your podcast platforms and just leave one, one five-star rating, two or three sentence review. It helps in the algorithm. And I love screen shooting, shouting, shooting. What's the verb? Screenshotting my favorite uh, reviews, posting them and all that. Of course, Gutting the Sacred Cow at gmail.com if you want to say hi or drop a line. And away we go. So, Amy Taylor, it's about time for you to come out here and get those notes out. So, Terry Little, why don't we welcome Amy to Gut the Sacred Sacred. Cow. (laughs) You know, this is like probably doing it when AOL was over a 14 for a modem and over a phone line. That horrible sound. (laughs) Hurry up, my 800. You didn't have that last time. So, you really, things are up man some something's really going good for you thanks <laughs> i mean so why do i think this movie is not that great to say the most let's go i mean okay so i did make a few notes of my thoughts so first off i think it's a pretty terrible fantasy for like the american white heterosexual male like it's this wish fulfillment like yeah it was the 80s reaganomics and all that stuff i get it but like it reminds me of the little Andrew Tate douchebags now, the OnlyFans pimps that are all over the internet. Like, he wants sex and he wants pussy. Okay, fine. Yeah, I get it. That's like kind of what you're consumed with when you're that age. But it's like kind of a fantasy to be awful and get away with it. And then he does. Um, there's no consequences. Uh, it's pretty questionable to profit off selling sex work labor to teenagers. Um I assume they're all over 18. It doesn't really say, but they're high school kids. So some might not have been. Um, And then, and instead of like looking at from that perspective, our protagonist is kind of deeply unlikable because he doesn't, it's just viewed as like sexy, wild fun. And, and I get it. The the whole theme is like saying what the fuck. And indeed he does. Um, But even the consequence of Guido stealing Guido, whatever, stealing all this stuff, he gets it back. And what's the big consequence? There's a crack in the egg. I get it, the maternal Madonna horror thing that he's lost his innocence and all that, but he still gets to go to an Ivy League school, by the way, with GPA and test scores that are impossible 
if he hadn't been a pimp and provided girls for the admissions counselor, which is not the best model. Like, again, it reminds me of the Andrew Tate thing of telling young boys that the way to have a good life is to pimp women, mm. not go to school. I mean, Joel does, but he's unqualified and he gets in by being a pimp. Uh, and get money and get women and whoa 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 slow slow down I, I need to write that down in order what was number one again <laughs> <laughs> I mean being a pimp has probably been a fantasy I get it control of women and control of money sure that's probably been a fantasy of all young men forever but it's a pretty juvenile fantasy and has and it though I mean I look I, the, the, the whole pimp thing was ruined for me by when they had when in bachelor party they had to go to the Indian pimp I go that's life is not for me <laughs> Or Mark, break your balls. Bedroom. I've known a couple of madams, and uh, they both both voluntarily quit because apparently it's a huge hassle. These are in countries where it's decriminalized, and uh, it's not easy. The margins are thin. It's a real headache. Um, So it doesn't tell the truth of that. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, it's it's a fantasy of abject capitalism and prostitution. and and I think, you know, in real life, it would have shown like more consequences. And, the, you know, we can talk later about the director's original ending, which at mm-hmm. least shows the original ending's better. But America didn't like it because it wasn't really a happy ending. So it didn't sell as well. Well, but the studio showed- didn't like it. The, the director yeah. wanted the obvious oh, thing. But the studio said, nope, we're going with well, uh, well, A, choice A. Him, he got, he oh, becomes cold. He's he's lost his humanity. He humiliates her by saying, come and sit on my lap. And as I dump you forever, goodbye, I go back to your tough life. And I go on to Princeton. And he's he's like a pimp. And there's a coldness. I've I've known pimps. Um, I actually had to put one in prison. That's a whole other story. I've done talked about it. But um, there's a coldness to them when they start viewing women as inventory. And that is what happens to people who who sell sex workers in a sort of unethical way as he did. So I don't, I don't love uh, who he turned into. And then I don't love that. Like, it's just viewed as like a joke. And they, admittedly he did it for like one night to get money back to pay back a pimp. It's not like he was becoming a career pimp, but there is kind of an implication that he might keep going with it. It doesn't say that, but right. Um, He's a young so, entrepreneur. Yeah. I think it's just, um, glorifying a teenage fantasy of being a pimp and then still getting into school because you because you pimped to the admissions counselor is is not the greatest of values it's a sex comedy so it's um but to that point um which is the kind of the corollary of my first point is the absurdity of the movie like it's it's pretty absurd that somebody who one day could barely even deal with women uh in a few days goes on a whim, calls a sex worker and becomes like a cold calculated pimp in such a short time. I understand it's a movie. There's it's cut for time, but, um, this, I don't think, I don't think it was that cold and calculated. I just thought he's just a kid trying to figure his way around. Yeah. He didn't have the ins and outs of, you know, I don't think his pimp hand was Jedi master yet. I, th- <laughs> I thought it was more like more limp, more limp huh. like Lamar Luttrell's pimp hand would be. I mean, I'm thinking of who he becomes at the end. Like I deal with human fulfillment and I put on my wayfarers and I, I mean, the absurdity doesn't stop there, too. Like, you've ridden the subway, like, sex on mm. a train. Maybe it's different in Chicago where this movie's filmed, but, like, good luck. Because if you're late at night on the subway here and you try to have sex, there's going to be uh, a couple dancers so trying to make some cash. Show, no, no. Showtime's <laughs> going to happen in the background. <laughs> and then some guy arguing with you and the voices in his head. <laughs> and then someone else taking a dump and about three seats away from you. I mean, if you can still get a chub during that, then honestly, God love you. Go for it. I pledge a fraternity. That's a, that's a old hat for me. 
<laughs> whatever you're into, it's cool. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, I was pretty mad that he gets into Princeton with a 3.1 in scores. I went to Berkeley and like you had to bust your ass just to get into like a shitty public school. So like you right. can't get to school. But again, he pipped for the admissions well, counselor. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. He had a 3.1. I knew his combined scores were like around 1,100. I go, that doesn't yeah. add up. That doesn't yeah, add up. The th- he had 3.1. I, I missed that part. And his mom was mad because he had like not even, that was like a, maybe a 1,200, whatever. It was low. And and we know that he didn't get in on the scores he got in because of what he did for the admissions counselor. So I guess that's what you're supposed to do to get into private school. I didn't know when I was 17. So um, it's uh, it's just a little absurd. Um, and then my third note was, uh, and I don't want to get too soapboxy because that's annoying to people, but um, the unrealistic treatment of sex workers, like you know, that's. I mean, she's a, she's a scammer and that's fine. There are scammers, but it was a little offensive because most sex workers are not. They're just usually single moms and yoga teachers and other things trying to survive and providing a service that is part of our world. Um, so the fact that she like cased his house and the whole thing was planned and she effectively used him. I mean, he's only a pimp because she had the idea. She mm-hmm. kind of used him. Uh, and in that sense, he's the protagonist, but he's really just along for the ride. The whole thing is Lana's plan, sort of. Uh, and that, you know, the, the Jezebel, the, the, the evil woman thing is, is a little, you know, I mean, it's, she says she has emotions, but once you're done watching the movie, you don't even know if she ever did. And I would argue that she probably didn't. Right. I don't know, but she was kind of, so did she, didn't make, she, she didn't even take a cut of the cash, if I recall, either. It was kind of like the, along the lines of like he had all the money. I, I, you never saw him breaking off a piece for her for her hard work. No, and he paid back and did everything. So, you know, maybe she does have like some heart in there to help him pay off his debt and fix his life. And I don't know. I mean, uh, the um, they're like, I'm interested in the lives of sex workers. And so it didn't center them. But again, it's not supposed to. Um, but, uh, I would have liked to at least, I mean, maybe they didn't have time to say what kind of life she had and how she got there and, you know, what her other interests were. And I guess it's not germane to the plot, but, um, uh, I like it better when there's a little bit of humanity. Sorry. I said, it's a very quick conversation on the hood of the Porsche or backstory. (laughs) Yeah. There's a little of it, but um, that's the part where he takes his finger, puts on lips and goes, shh. I don't care. I'm paying you. In, I mean, I can't tell you how many said to me, like, politely, you know, that you're paid to leave. And um, sometimes that's tough to stomach, but it's a job. And then all jobs are sort of like that. So wasn't, I that, it. wasn't that Charlie Sheen's famous quote? I am to leave. I mean, yeah. it is definitely true. You're paid to provide no drama and be more. Li- I mean, everybody says they want you to be a real person, but they're always lying. They don't really. Um, please, please say you don't want to do breakfast tomorrow. Please say you don't want to go to breakfast tomorrow. Oh my God, right? Don't tell me you have any real problems or life yeah. or any of this. Be, be whatever I said you were. But yeah, the um, Jackie, the trans one, presented as a punchline, like, that's not what I wanted, is, I mean, I get it. It's the 80s. It's 40 years ago. So like, I don't expect them to be like super, but um, having been in sex worker sex work and knowing that like millions of men who present straight love trans sex workers that's a huge business it's very common they often like them uh for lots of different reasons um i guess it would have been a whole different movie if joel had hired a trans sex worker and had a great time (laughs) but um but uh the reality of a trans sex worker is is not a joke i I suppose i was gonna say i think that makes 
flight of like how many bachelor parties have we all been to well guys I'll, I'll speak for guys where you order like order the entertainment for the night and i can't even tell you how many times bachelor parties i've been part of and i've been in charge of one where what you order and what you get are completely <laughs> fucking different and that's why i'm like ah that's funny wish.com yeah i mean we have a real problem with that in in sex work the the photoshopped pictures the lying about age um yeah i mean the outright sending the agency will send somebody that's just not the person in the photos uh yeah. I, 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 I ordered Vicky Vale from Batman and I got Vicky Lawrence from Mama's Family. <laughs> Admittedly, most sex workers also find their clients physically repulsive too, so fair's fair. <laughs> but they're the ones but they're the ones with the dollars. So they they, they speak they speak louder. Correct. You have the right to have what you purchased. Right. And, and there is a there is a quality control problem in a, in an industry that has no accountability. Yeah, it's tough. So right. and at least at least Jackie, like she kind of hustled him for the travel fee. And then she recommended her friend, which is pretty cool of Jackie. So um, 300 bucks for, for doing nothing. At least have him read a bedtime story to you. I what mean, the referral rate for referring your sex worker friend. Yeah. <laughs> is there, is that percentage? I mean, I guess 6%, uh, like real estate. <laughs> I, I think nobody like back in the day. I only sh so in the beginning, I had black and white photos on the Internet. And I said I was. Hungarian and Italian and I have blue eyes and I'm Caucasian, but guys don't read. And I showed up <laughs> in the very beginning and a guy thought I was going to be Latina and I didn't know what to do. I was like, well, I say I'm not Latina. And he said, you look exactly like my wife who is divorcing me right now, showed me pictures and just wanted me to massage his head while he sat at the bar and drank and he paid me and sent me home and never spoke to me again. Cause I really did look exactly like the wife that was leaving him. And so, uh, why don't you just put your description? I look like Courtney Cox if I didn't get <laughs> shitty Botox. Oh, right? thank you for saying that. It's decent Botox. No, um, I uh, <laughs> the Groupon <laughs> Botox that she got. Yeah, you probably you probably should have cut him with a box cutter, and then he would have believed you. Really <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, if I had known he should he no, should no, had I, he should have had sex with you and done all the things that he couldn't do with his wife. You know, I felt terrible, <laughs> and I learned to use color photos that showed that I was like a European white girl because I learned that they don't read. Um, so uh, that and I, I wonder if he had decided he didn't want to pay me. I, I just would have left. But nicely, he did. Anyway, I felt really bad. Um, that's the only time that ever happened to me. Um, I had one guy show up, a lawyer from Texas. He waited at the restaurant at the dinner table with those Billy Bob teeth in and uh -huh. an iPad. And I had he was pretty well known. So I knew what he would look like. I had Googled him. George Bush Sr. Got it. <laughs> no, but I showed up and he had these fucking teeth and the eye patch. And I was like. I didn't know what to do. And then he takes them off and starts cackling. And honestly, it was really funny. Oh. <laughs> like he was trying to bait and switch me, I guess. So the old, the old tech, the old okie doke. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, it was, he's passed away now. He was a good dude. But, um, uh, so yeah, along the lines of like the, the kind of terrible treatment of the, of the teenage fantasy of like getting laid and being a pimp. I also thought it was, it was kind of the gross excess Reaganism, but I think my my fourth point about that gross excess of capitalistic greed, that one is iffy because the, I think that's what the directors were trying to make a point about. And it was also the 80s when that was, you know, it hasn't aged well, right? And he does, Joel at one point does say he wants to contribute to 
mankind or whatever and then they all laugh um and they throw french fries at him i've never had a meal with my friends where if people throw food at me if i make a contrarian point i mean nice friends right yeah um, i mean yeah the thing that he can do all this stuff and then buy his way into princeton and uh and that he ends up just fine i mean we all know about like the rich kid who fails forward i i've dated a few of those guys who were convicted felons and still became cfos because they had the right look and the right dad and the right fraternity and private school and they can get away with things uh, well which which which, which which fire fire which fire festival founder did you date <laughs> not those guys like corporate corporate 500 fortune 500 ceos um oh i didn't think it was a nice treatment of his parents they don't even have names and they're not very loving. <laughs> That's so true. I didn't even think of that. Shitty too. They're, <laughs> shitty. they're like shitty parents. And again, maybe the director was trying to do that, but I didn't get it. I was like, why is parents so crappy? And they only care if he gets into Princeton. They're kind of uncaring and inhuman. And like, well, whatever. The, the dad's um, real, the dad's real queef about the equalizer and a stereo. So, you know, there's not many hugs going on there. You said queef. That's I did so say queef. Thank you. Um, I thought, uh, last couple of things. I thought it was hard for me to like Tom Cruise. Um, I don't know. I didn't. I just didn't like. But that's probably because I'm watching him through the person he's become. It's hard to see like Tom Cruise, the Scientology juggernaut, as that guy. I also thought it angered me a lot that they said you could fix a flooded Porsche in two days. Like what? Two days? Like that's bullshit. Like it went into the lake. Come on. Um. Yeah, the parents glorified pressuring kids. Like they put so much pressure on him, and I think we've seen what that does to kids and parents. There's a little pressure, but maybe not like that. Um, and then I said earlier that I thought the original ending was better. It was darker. Mm -hmm. I liked, I liked that he became cold and had her sit on his lap. And I thought I liked the original ending better. I wish they would have kept it. So there we go. Give me a number one to 10. On the whole movie. Yeah. What do you think? One to 10. What do you think? I think it's a six and a half. Okay. That's a lot higher than I thought I was going to expect. I think the soundtrack is a, is a 10. I think the cinematography is a nine. And I think the plot is like a two. So depends what. Okay. So overall six and a half. I didn't expect that. But that's cool. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Terry Loda, fire away. What notes do you have? <laughs> I, I was just telling you earlier today. I'm like, I, I do. I couldn't even think of the last time I watched this movie. Me and neither. I feel like I've watched it more than I've actually watched it. So it was, I, I had forgotten that his name was Joel. And I'm like, it, 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 I had to look it up. He, he literally, I think that's the only leading Joel character in a movie ever. And I just, you know, Joel was a smelly kid in my elementary school and like <laughs> he used to wear a camouflage jacket, which didn't really work because you smelled them before he came to the line. Sit down. <laughs> Poor Joel. Uh, uh, Worst hunter in his class. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, going on, I, I mean, you have his, his buddy Miles in it, which uh, I mean, Booger, he's always going to be Booger in any yep. I ever see, but. I, I love the fact that he literally plays the same type of role. Like he's the antagonizing friend that's getting him into shit, right? He's, 
you know, the bad idea is he's calling the whores, you know? And I mean, I, I grew up with a person like that and his, his name is Kevin Goatee. So what? I know exactly How dare you? Um, you know, edit, just edit that you, out <laughs> when you, when you watch some of this as like the movies from 1983 and you forget, like, I thought I was thinking it was more like later eighties too. And, um, but the, the, the group of high school Ivy league kids sitting around the table and they're just yearning for a 40 K a year job. It's kind of <laughs> like, you know, how do you relate to the only people chasing that dream salary nowadays are uh, line cooks in a restaurant. So. <laughs> Um, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong in this, but I don't see Rebecca De Mornay as a high class prostitute material like no. And, and she's the high earner. Right. And like, first of all, she picked up on whatever night it was. So she wasn't busy. Right. She's sitting at home. Um, I, I, I don't I mean, I just feel like she's like barely attractive to have a white pimp. Like that's pretty much like <laughs> a level that she's. <laughs> beautiful um plus i mean it, I, the bangs i guess that was like back in the 80s right there was bangs and stuff but it still gives me like the lloyd christmas vibe so <laughs> i mean i don't have hair i can't really be talking shit but you know just the bangs didn't really do it for me but hey that was 83 i mean i i just kind of saw her as like Maybe she's the girl in your office that you just kind of get used to and then you end up dating and have kids and you just become, you know, fat and lazy together. You mean you mean, you mean but, the, the, the Pam and Jim from the office kind of uh, romance? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> she is. She's the receptionist. But um, I don't I, I don't even remember what else she was in. Aside, I had to be reminded that it was hand the rocks a cradle. Yeah, I remember that her other, her other claim to fame because she really like I associate her name with like being more in more things. But. Um, the the yeah. biggest thing when you say that name to me, I instantly remember the skit with Wayne's World, where they're reviewing the Oscars in 1992, and she is uh, awarded best dressed according to Garth and Wayne, <laughs> and he refers to her as Rebecca De Hornay. <laughs> so that always like rings in my head, but. I kind of find it funny that people were cashing in savings bonds for sex. Like, I bought a mongoose being next bike. Do they even exist anymore? Do people give those away? That was like a grandma gift that I G GT's Predators and Diamondbacks. Those are the three bikes of back in the day. That's right. Um, you know, I know it was the 80s, but uh, I find it a, a little bit scary that the closest thing joel uses to protection uh is when he calls her wearing a catcher's mask and that's the last of the protection with this uh prostitute. <laughs> um and, and i really you know i'm thinking about the train scene i, I don't know what causes herpes faster uh, unprotected sex grappling with the homeless guy yeah. or you know kind of grinding your raw ass into a subway seat one of those three is the quickest way to herpes i'm just not sure which i want to know what sexual proclivity she has where she can get where she needs a mop and bucket where she can actually perform in front of a guy who looks like that crazy motherfucker from ghost <laughs> get off my train yeah that's it <laughs> uh, um 17 year old joel calls a, a, a prostitute for the first time in his life and then just falls asleep on the fucking couch yeah. like I, no. How are you that relaxed, dude? Like, I would have been, I would have rubbed one out two times. So I made sure I got my money's worth when she got there because yeah. I don't want to, you know, 
I don't want to equate the hour to minutes uh, wage that I would be paying there. Um, the other thing, a little bit disturbing. So you got that opening sex scene, right? The the door flies open. It's, you know, leaves and shit and it's all, you know, hot and passionate. You're starting to get into it. And then, he's, then they're on the desk chair and they're going to town on the desk chair. And what happens? The camera pans to a picture of two little boys. So if that's not confusing for your heart on, I don't know, but that was a little unsettling to me. I was just, you know, I was trying to talk it down after that. (laughs) The other thing you guys already kind of touched on was the the Megan Mullally thing. I figured you guys were going to catch that one, but I I looked for her in the movie. I did not find her. Um, So to me, that means the fucking egg had a bigger role in this movie than Megan Mullally. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck right off. Uh, <laughs> the, the, McGu- the, the MacGuffin was was better build over fucking Megan Mullally. That's hilarious. <laughs> was it Fabergé? Is that what that, that is? Is that Fabergé? No, that it wasn't even Wofford that. Crystal? Yeah. What the fuck is it? So, what's it? Uh, Savor- Savorsky? Amy, was it Savorsky? Savorsky? I don't say it's the egg. Oh, is an egg. Yeah. I thought it was like a like a loss of innocence kind of analogy, right? I don't know. Yeah, the mom the mom was barely pissed like Joel. I'm disappointed in you. Not even like, are you kidding me? That was fifteen thousand dollars, you little queef. Right. There's no and there's no way that fucking equalizer was right after pulling all that shit in the house. So he should have went back to the equalizer. <laughs> um, I, I, I do wish Jackie had a bigger part in the movie, right? <laughs> The, the only black person in the whole fucking movie and they just <laughs> really kind of uh portrayed him to be something terrible but what if what if uh, jackie nice wait, wait 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 hold on what if jackie was played by jack k then that would be a fantastic role <laughs> so, uh, yeah maybe, maybe she you know derails miles harvard career by uh you know whatever sparks inside of him after uh, one night with jackie that could have been could have been a subplot maybe <laughs> Uh, I, I agree with Amy and I just don't know at the end of the movie, he's like, we grossed eight grand and then he somehow fished a, a drowned Porsche out of a lake that had fish fucking in it and <laughs> his house with $8,000. I mean, that is just a dream right there. I wish I could, uh, you know, I don't know what that money translates to Kevin. You have a magical calculator for uh, new world money, but. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, looking through some of it, it just, you know, I, the, the, the answering machine, I loved her giant answering machine that was on there. Like they make window AC units that are smaller than that answering machine. So it's, it's a little, uh, anybody watching it nowadays, I, I just don't, I don't think they could relate to it. You know, people being home and answering a phone when you call, like, that's crazy to me. Who answers their phone? Ever. Uh, I do. <laughs> Out of nostalgia purposes only. <laughs> uh, but that and but that was you know at, at the end of it i thought like i i didn't i didn't really laugh as much as i thought i would uh and, and it's billed as a comedy i guess com- dark comedy but i don't know there's only a, a few few laughable moments but not what i i had remembered but you know maybe watching it as like a you know horny 13 year old was a bit different than uh an exhausted 47 year old <laughs> <laughs> trying to help a friend out thanks pal i appreciate you as always get, <laughs> give, give me a give, give me a one to ten in this i I'll, I'll give you before and after right before, all right i thought it was i thought it was like a solid eight right and then going into it, it, it it's gonna creep down to like the six for me like i don't i don't think i would 
I might stay in one of like the little sex scenes as I'm flipping through, as long as the kids aren't in the room but, uh, <laughs> before it pans over. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Other than that, I'm going, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to just pass. I'll, I'll just move on to the next one. But I, I, the other thing too, you were mentioning, you hoped everybody was 18 that was in that house banging. But if you remember the scene with the Princeton guy, the two kids come up to the window. Oh, the cousin. That's right. There's no, yeah, yeah. Get his younger brother laid and the kids. He's like, you know, uh, I got to get him home. The street lights are on. Come on. Can you get him in? Like, I mean, it's, <laughs> kid, you know, yeah, he, it's he's like 13, six. So six and a half, six. These notes brought to you by gutting the sacred cow.com. you can find yourself a sweet ass hat, bag, mug, shirt, whatevs. Go find us on the socials at GTSC podcast on Twitter, gutting the sacred cow podcast, Instagram, TikTok notes. Look at Balky engaging in dirty talk early on in this film. I sure hope he bangs one of those hookers later on, walks out, and does the dance of joy with Booger. <laughs> it's also funny that two out of the four of Tom Cruise's friends in this film went on to have successful careers, and the other two probably, probably mule heroin for the Medellin cartels. <laughs> Amy's laughing, but there's no sound coming out to describe it for all of our listeners, not our viewers. How come we don't see any more movies where parents go away and shenanigans ensue? House Party, Home Alone, Weird Science, Short Circuit, Sophie's Choice. None of these movies anymore have parties like that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When their parents aren't home, some kids skid across the floor wearing nothing but a dress shirt and underwear while singing and dancing like they're at a Bruce Springsteen concert mosh pit. Others just beat off all the doors unlocked, call their friends to come over and play video games, and then discuss all the things they would do to girls that would never give them the time of day. Those are two different high school tales. One's reality, one is not. <laughs> the memo minder, that little little creation that Balky and, uh, and Cruz came up with. Remember we had to make these garbage-ass knickknacks and sell them door-to-door when we were in elementary school, Terry? Yes. And then give the money to the school like they did anything. That was a real racket. Ever call a hooker for a friend? I haven't. I just wrote their addresses on gay magazine subscription cards and then click check the bill me later category. So mean. (laughs) I completely forgot he had a drag queen come to his house first. He should have asked Jackie, like I said, to read a bedtime story before sending her off with $300 for doing nothing. $300 $300 back then is a lot. Why the... Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, two Wong Fu reference. Very good. Why the hell does he have a blinking neon sign in his room when he's trying to go to sleep? This sounds more like a Japanese game show. Go to sleep without having a seizure. <laughs> Are you ready for me, Ralph? No woman has ever said that phrase and then instantly was not regretting what was about to happen next. Fair. <laughs> Ladies, good luck getting wet for a dude named Ralph. That's my assertion here. <laughs> I've never hired a hooker. If I would, 
I sure as shit would not bring her to my house because what little experience I have in this arena, I can also assure you this. I would not leave a hooker alone in my house when I left. Who does that? Artie Lang told a great story on Stern. He went to go take a piss and he told the hooker, when I'm in the bathroom, I want to hear you clapping every three seconds. So no, she's not stealing shit. That's smart. That's really yeah. smart. Yeah. I'm digging the 80s synth soundtrack from Tangerine Dream. Oh, and by the way, Tangerine Dream, that's what the Asian dude who walked around Quaker Bridge Mall while having an unlit cigar in his hand with the Walkman on was listening to because I asked him. He's a local legend where, uh, back in Central Jersey where we're from. So, yeah, this guy would walk around the mall. He was a smart dude because I, I, I asked him for about five seconds. I go, what are you doing? He's like, oh, it's for my health. I walk around the mall. And he has an unlit cigar he would ha- carry in one hand and a Walkman in the other. And he was listening to Tangerine Dream. Just like on repeat? You, I, 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 I exactly. I, you see, you see, every time you went to the mall, you saw this guy. And I, at one point, I broke down. I go, I have to know what's going on. I have to know what's going on. So I stopped him and asked him. My friend's like, you can't go talk to him. I go, why not? He can't shoot me. We're in a mall. Fast forward 30 years later. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, so the, the pimp knocks on the windshield with a gun. Guess who's going to push her out of a moving car like she owes the mob $25,000 in bad sports bets? I am. Get the fuck out. I'm not getting shot over you. I already paid you. Goodbye. Here is the tagline for the movie Risky Business 2. Hooker Squatter becomes neighborhood soccer star mom, but has to resort to OnlyFans after she gets divorced and to win the school bake sale competition. I'd watch that. Thank you. I've got one backer. Do I have two? A lot of things going on in there. It's very yeah. uh, his friend. His friend Glenn. His Michael Strahan gap tooth smile is so distracting. I hope when he got his SAG card, it included a discount for braces. Yeah. All right, that that one missed. Okay, Joe Pantoliano's hairline re- was receding. I guess when they noticed the ozone layer was receding. Did that guy ever have a full head of hair? No, he's born like that. But what's that, Terry? Got a full head of hair on his chest. Yeah. Chest muff. (laughs) Anyone else screaming, that doesn't happen when he allows the second hooker to stay in his house unsupervised. Now he has to give not one, but two different bed sheets, a Viking funeral, because there's no way I'm I'm ever going to let that in my house again. I'm sorry. Can you kill bed bugs through fire? I think you can. All right. Too much, too little. Sorry. So mean. You're laughing though, so it looks like someone hit home. I'm I'm kidding. If you fucked her, but you need to burn your sheets, like that's more of a ceremonial thing for me. Not that I'm a (laughs) married. That's exercising the demons. By the way, there is way too much talking after sexy time that he's had with her. There's way too much dialogue. It's isn't usually like uh goodbye. Do you think Trump talked that long to Stormy Daniels like Joel's talking to Lana? No, he did not. No, you eat and you sleep, right? right. That's That's a spirit. (laughs) Which car death was more glorious, Joel losing the Porsche or Cameron losing the Ferrari and Ferris Bueller's day off? Mm. Fun fact, that house is on the same street. Get out of here. Yes. I did not both, know that. Both houses, yes, they're on the same street. My like in God. real life or in real life, yes. 
They can't be far from the Home Alone house because that's also in Illinois. They're filming everything there. Hey, I'd rather listen to Tom Cruise talk about talk about Scientology for four hours and let a hooker stay in my house for 30 minutes after I'm done. Did I make that point? When all, <laughs> when all the hookers walk into the house, this was the exact opposite visual when the Omega Moose walked into the nerd's house for their mixer. Oh, poor Omega Moose. Boy, I was just going to say, Terry, you son of a bitch. He did that in college. I was in a sorority. You don't and, say. And, and I was in a fraternity. I'm, I'm, this is equal shitting right here. Um, there was a, a really good house at Cal Pike. There were mostly mostly water polo players. A very nerdy, like Omega Moose sorority asked them to have a date party. And the Pikes invited us also. And we came over and hung out with them and drank all of the alcohol that Sigma Kappa paid for. And it was so mean. I still feel bad. We had five. We, they were our five Sigma Sigmas. Not good. Yeah, Terry knows. <laughs> Terry knows. All right, let's do some 80s math. Gas, as he's talking to us, the one fat guy who looked like Artie Lang and Horatio Sands had a baby. Gas, $8. Movies, $20. Three dates, 60 some dollars. I love the 80s in the math. Oh my God, 60 bucks gets you two, gets you a round of drinks in Manhattan now. Right. But a good, but three dates, according to our Paco, the Guatemalan cook at Chili's, the rules for dating are as such. First time movies, second time dinner, third time sex. And if no sex, bye-bye, son of a bitch. Right, Terry? Yeah, that's the rule. That was the rule he gave that. Now, here's my other problem, too. You pointed this out a little bit, Amy. Not one black or Hispanic hooker in that house. Come on, Tom. All those Highland Park boys. One of them has to have a taste for something darker than Angela Lansbury, for Christ's sakes. I mean. (laughs) You know, for a house of ill repute, there's not much nudity going on. Call me a stickler. Wait. This this era, 80s teen comedies had nothing but gratuitous nudity, and you only see Rebecca De Mornay naked once, but everyone's supposed to be fucking. No nudity. What's this should have been a this should have been the original PG thirteen movie because it was uh not as advertised. Because I remember eight-year-old Kevin goes, Oh my god, there were just nonstop boobies. Forty-six-year-old Kevin goes, Where are the boobies? <laughs> Fair. Phil Collins in the air tonight. Boy, does that make the rounds of movie soundtracks or what? Hangover? Yep. This? What else? Yep. I don't know. I just felt lazy. I should know, know those two. But you're right. right. Against all odds? Or, uh, yeah, there you go. No, no, no. That's the other one. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the other one. Uh, the quote, sometimes you got to say, what the fuck? That's something said by plenty of dudes about to go no condom with a rando they meet in a Vegas club. And then they get home. Tastes like burning. <laughs> <laughs> Another almost spit take from Amy. I'm going to get you, goddammit. <laughs> Fucking on a train does nothing for me. Because when you combine the smell of spilled mineral light and homeless people asshole fumes, that does, <laughs> I would get harder watching, <laughs> watching cruise ship people attack a backstage buffet at a Morgan Waller concert than have sex on a subway in Manhattan. You have a real problem with cruise ships. <laughs> I just, I know. Oh, it's the second time I brought it up. Yeah, I, I think it's I a mean, really have, rough stretch I mean, to have that uh, a subway car be a train, right? Maybe like yeah. it was an old fashioned train, like yeah. something nice, like the Long Island Railroad, yeah. <laughs> New Jersey Transit. Have you tried <laughs> to fuck on a Stella? 
Maybe it's awesome. I've never tried. How about a well? We all have seen Euro uh, Euro trip, right? Where excuse, oh, no, those car those those cars are private but not comfortable. Um, not that I had sex on one of those. I'm gonna get on the four after this, and I'm just gonna try to just go by myself and see have some sex and see if it's hot. So it's nice seeing you, Amy. We'll, we'll, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll you guys for <laughs> You know, if I could smell hepatitis, I'd smell it right about in about an hour from when you do that trip. Jesus. Can someone explain how the hell they got all of Joel's stuff in the moving truck with the help of maybe one hooker and then miraculously gets all the furniture back in the house on time? The parents racing back from the house from the airport while Joel tried to get all the stuff on time felt a lot like when Ferris Bueller raced home from school or from his day off. But Ferris Bueller had way more fun music than this. All right. Should have should have the piano keys. That's the extent of the music. Yeah. No, don't get up. Smells delicious. Dinner's ready. In summary, it would have been nice to see more of Balky and Booger. Uh, this was actually a quasi believable coming of age films because John Hughes is an atrocious screenwriter for a lot of these teen comedy films with a ton of that doesn't happens. Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, and the other one I forgot. Normally, these 80s parties have a bunch of wacky nonsense, like weird science. They put a goddamn pizza on the record turntable. No, no one does that in real life. Everybody, and no, we don't need to have themes. Like in Team Wolf, it's, Styles is running different segments here. No, everyone goes to a party at a high school. Like, oh, you got a keg? Cool. Is that hot chicken to be here? Cool. That's it. That's everyone, No one is looking for a whole you know, fraternity mixer, sorority mixer theme. Like our themes of the fraternity house were called candlelight mixers. You know why? Because our treasurer stole money and didn't pay the electric bill. Thus, candlelights <laughs> by mixer were mixers by candlelight. True story. I got Mandela affected. Like I said before, I thought there was a hell of a lot more nudity uh, in this film. But all in all, this movie is just fine. I wasn't laughing. I mean, smirking here and there. I thought it was funnier from what I saw as a kid, but boy, again, another Mandela effect. It's fine. It's unremarkable. Will I watch this again? Probably not. Did I hate it? No, but it's not It's not as good, obviously, as we all remember it because I also have a six down for the old scale. So six, six, and a six and a half. We're all in lockstep. Now, let's hear what those asshole blowhards say when they make those cutesy poo little metaphors and puns critics five star reviews mildly diverting wildly overrated all right i'll buy that it works well as a comedy but one cringes at that thought of what it defined for a while the social expectations of a generation it's an amy's review yeah <laughs> It's not. It's funny. These aren't blowhardy yet. Let's try this next one. As adolescents, as adolescent adventures go, risky business is an invigorating first class affair. It manages make to make a coming of age witty proposition. There's our pun. It's sexy, smart and funny, but also stylish and filled with social satire and commentary on the culture of money. Under the sexual fantasies is an anxiety about sex and success and superbly a cynical portrait of capitalist enterprise. Okay, silence speak volumes. Critics- I just wanna kick everybody that wrote those. Like, thank you. They are just <laughs> stroking their own egos with yes. this. As we say- It horrifies it, like that stuff's not great. It doesn't, 
whatevs. This is what we call jerking off into a ceiling fan. It's <laughs> messy. Critic, isn't it? Or if you're into that sort of thing, free bukkake. Critics. Painful if you get too close somehow. I mean, maybe TT, maybe TT Boy and John Holmes didn't have that big of a problem, but yeah, yeah you're right. For most of us. Critics, one star reviews. A distressingly erratic comedy that's far too slick for its own good. All right. Uh, risky business. A nice bo- a movie about a nice boy losing his virginity is a first-time director's clear failure that I normally wouldn't get belligerent about, but the picture is so confused and so strange and so openly corrupt, I can't resist. Resist what? I mean... Corrupt? Fucking on a train, you can't resist doing that? Well, that makes us all simpatico. Everybody's <laughs> fucking adjectives are just oh. out there, man. Yeah. Well, get ready for another one. A capitalist wet dream. One that we have awakened long from since screaming. Have we? <laughs> Is that a fortune cookie you just Here, opened? Yeah. <laughs> We've awakened? Like, yeah, nobody wants money or women anymore. That's over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you yeah, you millennial pussies. No one wants that fun stuff anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's just Yeah, sure. It's Paul Brickman showing a very What's that, Terry? You small breast loving kids. <laughs> yeah. Paul Brickman shows a very strong filmmaking talent which might blossom if given material worthy of it. All right. Enough. Yeah, I mean, the photography is beautiful. It is. I'll give him that. Amazon five-star reviews. Funny, sexy film. This is a classic. It's about a man who gets into trouble when he meets a sexy woman. The story of my life, LOL. Signed, David Hyde Pierce. <laughs> what? Yeah, somebody what? Google Translate to put their review in. Yeah. <laughs> that is not... That's yeah. like... Next, I am not a fan of Tom Cruise. Most of his subsequent movies have showcased a self-absorbed, tense, control freak performer. But here, he's wonderful. The other actors are also superb, with the exception of the wooden Rebecca de Mornay, who would eventually develop into an adequate actress and then disappear. The parents are a genius, as are the three best friends. Signed, Tom Cruise's parents, Katie Holmes, Mimi Rogers, and Nicole Kidman. By the way, I am an unabashed, huge Tom Cruise fan, and I cannot wait for Mission Impossible 7. It's going to be goddamn yeah. amazing. That guy's like, what is he, 61? Like, he's not human. Maybe it's all that Scientology? No, it's all that HGH and serum from runaway, you know, uh, teens from Mormon land whose blood that he infuses. <laughs> like, he's, I mean, he's a pretty amazing dude. Like, I mean, I, I he was able to spike in a volleyball game in Top Gun. I mean, that's just incredible. all while wearing jeans. Dude, like By 28 length. Yeah, 28. <laughs> Did he put on some he, weight? He left each wife when she hit like 33, right? Oh, oh, he, he left each wife. You're funny, Amy. You think they left him? I don't think anybody. Them off. Yeah. Maybe. Or they escaped. <laughs> oh, I, I watch Risky Business every year or so just to fantasize. Love the actors, De Mornay, of course, but all do an excellent job. Richard Mazur's dialogue and expressions during the interview with Cruz are priceless. In my next life, I'll think I'll come back as Joel Goodson and for Future Enterprises Club make decorative planters, ellipses, not. Fantasize about what? They don't even, they didn't say fantasize about. 
I think let's just focus on how he brought the not back into our lexicon, which to that, I wish so, he'd be whip flogged the cat of nine tails repeatedly. Signed Borat. <laughs> I love when this came out all those years ago, though it doesn't seem like that as many as it is. I still laugh when Guido the Pimp is said by a buddy of mine, when something is chasing anything. There was really a lesson to be learned back then. Breaking a few rules when you are younger makes you a better man tomorrow and every day after. Till my old niece can't take it, the wife will have to deal with impromptu dance sessions of when old time rock and roll come on anywhere. I wish the powers that be could make movies feel like they did back then. This guy just does that around his house in like tidy whities and socks. Watching old people dance to the old time rock and roll song for me is like watching a dog get run over while sitting next to someone shit themselves on a subway. <laughs> extreme, <laughs> extreme. It sounds like the sounds like the type of couple that gets up and dances in a dive bar when no one's actually. Dancing Queen, that's our song. My son treated me to this movie shortly after it was released. He proudly informed me that since he looked something like the kid in the film, he could become a movie star too. For weeks, he slid across the kitchen floor in his socks laughing. He was killed in a hiking accident later that year. Every time Cruz makes a movie, I buy it because it makes me so think of Steve. His films are very good. This one and The Last Samurai being my favorites. My question is, did his son slide in his socks right off a cliff or into a bear's mouth? <laughs> While playing all time rock and roll, roar, it's eaten by a bear. <laughs> that curveball was, I laughed so, I laughed, I laughed harder reading that review than anything else. Is that real? Yes, it's all cut and pasted. Oh my God, I want to meet this person. <laughs> no, you don't. Amazon, if you, if you do, you need to bring bear spray because apparently it runs in the family. <laughs> Amazon one-star reviews. Porsche and Marlboro come together to bring you Hooker Party, the movie. <laughs> Was this the tagline for Tom Hanks' bachelor party? I wish it had been called a Hooker Party, the movie. <laughs> wow. Wow, is this dated? The story about high school boys getting mixed up with teenage hookers is not what I remembered. You don't remember the main plot of this film, guys? What do you remember? I know what I remember. Booger from Nerds and Valky from Perfect Strangers. That's what I remember from this film. <laughs> Next one. A white teen living off his rich parents has a bad day when he orders a hooker. Then his parents order have a million-dollar egg stolen, and the Porsche lands in the river. Oh, dear, the stress. So Chad decides to play all pimp with all white blonde hookers with all of his white friends all in the all-white burbs. Oh, wait, there was one black person in the movie, a scary black trans move, uh, woman. But of course there was. No one calls the police, of course, during the high-speed chases or raucous hooker parties because no matter what he does, we get the message, young white males like him never end up in jail no matter what his criminality not only unpunished but rewarded signed john tesh <laughs> prostitution is a very ugly exploitative scene in real life not the lighthearted fun the film portrays not the best moral message to be sure well i say not according to your mother <laughs> <laughs> yeah last one 
Aside from that, the only problem I have with this is the characters. Everyone is a jerk in this movie. No one is appealing and likable, not even Cruz's Joel, who I found to be as much of a self-centered dick as everyone else. Unfortunately, he followed up by playing the same kind of obnoxious character, Top Gun Days of Thunder. It took Jerry Maguire and Rain Man for me to gain any respect for him. Anyway, the combination of a creepy amoral theme and obnoxious characters in this comedy is a total turnoff. Keep the kids away. Well, asshole, it is rated R for apparent reasons. So why don't you mind that? I mean, you don't have to like him. Did you like Jordan Belford and Wolf of Wall Street? You're not supposed to always like them, dumbass. I mean, Leo's so dreamy. Oh. Uh, <laughs> is that me talking again? Hey, Terry Loda, did Amy Taylor gut the sacred cow? Considering all that we've talked about, and there's been like uh, sporadic little pieces of maybe slight praise for the movie, um, I got to give it to her. I think she is absolutely right that it is uh, outlived its 80s concept. Uh, looking back on it, it is a pretty, pretty beat up, uh, you know, concept for a movie. I don't think you would see anything like this in this day and age. That's how you know I'm old. I say things like this day and age. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think I would I would give it to her. I'll agree. I was a little surprised for her to give it a six and a half for her. To, I thought she was going to come out and hate it, but it wasn't pure hatred. It didn't. But I'll listen. I'll give it to her nonetheless. It was uh, it was a fun dance. Thanks, everyone. Again, we appreciate it. Hope you had a good time. And we'll see you next week. Avita Zen. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.